I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So Sarah, it's uh, good to see you. Oh, good to see you too, Sarah. Now, I tried to talk to you <laughs> a few days ago. <laughs> oh, well, my subconscious did. Um, I have this problem of butt dialing people, and I butt dialed Sarah the other day. Sarah, I need to like again. I need to find out. Like, you don't just butt dial because I'm not the first person that you've butt. You you butt FaceTime. <laughs> Like that's your that's your like brand of butt dialing. So like, like I remember when we first started, it was like one of the first weeks you started working with us, and you accidentally butt FaceTimed Lindsay, who edits and produces the podcast, and like I can't even figure out how you and her were connected on FaceTime, like because you weren't, you know, it's not like you were texting each other about something. You were connected like through our Slack I, channel. So I have like, no idea. But I was in the backyard with my nieces because I was doing the homeschooling then. And all of a sudden, I see her face pop up. (laughs) And she was so confused. I'm there with, like, my bike helmet on because we were playing bikes. And she's like, what? What? Oh, okay. (laughs) This is, I feel like this is so much so common that, like, when I saw, when I saw your FaceTime come through, it was like, it's. It was like Saturday evening or something. I'm like, oh, there's just Sarah butt FaceTiming me again. I just, I just like, I don't need to answer that. But like, what are you doing? Like, I was just like, I, I don't, okay. I know that butt dialing is a thing, right? And people, like, it's often like, it happens like the last person you called or the last person you texted or whatever, because there's somehow like your phone's left open or something. But like, what are you doing that you're like, and is, is your phone actually in your like yeah. where is your phone? What is uh, happening? I don't even know where was it, where was it when I I dialed you? I have no idea. Like my pocket or something. Uh yeah. So I think what happens is that it either opens my contacts or something. I honestly have no idea. It is a mystery, total mystery to me. Because why Facetime? I ne- I don't think I've ever Facetimed you. I certainly hadn't Facetime no. Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah, that's like at least you and I have like at least you and I have texted each right, other before. Right. So there's like a, I can see where the connection comes in. The Lindsay one was pretty funny. Like I'm just thinking of like the relationship between like your ass muscles <laughs> and like the the icons on your phone. Like is there a way are you doing something? Are you like is your gluteus maximus just like <laughs> swiping? <laughs> that's it. It's just like, like no, nah, that's that's not the person I want to randomly butt dial right now. Let's keep going to another rabbit hole of my phone it has like a mind your rock hard ass has like a mind of its own (laughs) well it's nice to see you intentionally though yes yes i do (laughs) and i would have talked to you saturday evening as well but i assumed you were doing something else at home yeah yeah no if if anybody ever gets facetimed by me randomly um you never know but it's probably a mistake. I apologize in advance. 
Okay, so now that we've covered off all the important <laughs> topics, um, on coming up, we're going to talk about um, a follow-up on Why Steve Rocks. I'm going to do a tale from my box for the OGs who have been here since the beginning. Sarah and I are going to do a year in review of our top takeaways and the grand finale of iRock Because 2020 edition. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, great, any time of day, and super awesome? Oh my gosh, is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Okay, Sarah, it sounds like you have a, you have a follow-up thought on Steve's I rock because from last week, which was, yeah. do you want to summarize it? Yeah. So last week, and I, I'm, I wanted to bring this up because like, I feel like we're a podcast that doesn't shy away from the hard conversations sometimes. Um, or maybe we do and we just laugh about it. But um, last week at the end of the show, Steve said like that he rocked because he was willing to get on a woman's wheel mm. when he's riding. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I kind of had a little reaction to this, but I wanted to sort of get my thoughts together before just like blurting something out while we were on with Steve and I know Steve well enough to know he's well intended um and I also understand like the context of cycling like there are a lot of egos in cycling and we we know like we always know from being women out on the road like sometimes guys will I don't know they'll there is a little bit of ego happening yeah um on the race course and the road, especially with cyclists. So that's like the context in which Steve is talking about, you know, and we're a cycling podcast, right? We're talking about we're riding together, right. like in, right. I'm air quoting right now. Um, so I understood why, but at the same time, I felt like Steve maybe needs to aim higher. And I hope Steve's listening to this and will send us a voicemail or something, but like needs to aim higher in his eye rock. Because I think if you're if you're out cycling in a mixed group, like everyone sort of like takes their turn, someone goes on someone else's wheel, like you just, that's just what you do. So to me, like being willing to like ride with women in that way where you get on someone's wheel and then they get on your wheel is just like treating women like equal partners in your cycling endeavor, mm. right? So to me, that's like, the, it's kind of a low bar. Like, okay, treat us like equals yes. But like, I think in order to really, and I mean, to be fair, Steve wasn't talking about transforming cycling as, <laughs> as his goal. But like, if we really want to move the dial further, we need to go further than that in terms of like how we're like how we treat women on the road or call people out who are who are behaving badly mm. or like whatever that means. Like there could be another level of I rocks <laughs> that could that I'm sure Steve has participated in. Yeah. So I just felt like maybe it wasn't quite enough. Yeah, no, I, I think that's an interesting point. So 
what I've heard of his commentary, you know, he's he's better than other commentators by far when it comes to talking about female athletes. Um, you know, should I, I think it comes down to a question of how can you be a good effective male feminist? And I think it's, you know, being an advocate and going, is this what you're talking about? Going beyond the, I'm okay with other, whatever position I'm in, in relationship to, to these individual women. Um, but using whatever platform you have to, you know, push, push the needle a little bit. Yeah, I think that's one possibility. The other thing I'm thinking about too is how like realistically out on the actual race course, like, mm. you know, okay, like you and I have both raced Ironman, right? Like if we're, if we're racing, if we'll finish maybe in the top 20 or top 40, like overall with over 2000 people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally in an Ironman day, I will like either of us would beat, could beat 2000 men, right? If they, this 2000 men, 500 women in the race or something like that, right? Like realistically, like there are a lot of women with an athletic prowess that where Steve or someone like Steve should be a male rider should would be on that person's wheel would be like lucky to hang on to that person's mm. wheel. Oh, I, <laughs> you know? I see what you're saying. That's, I see what you're saying. There's a couple different perspectives like on this particular yeah, point. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's, no, that's an interesting one. I mean, I've let's be honest. We 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 as athletes have experienced the whole gamut where where there are male athletes who will be like. Yeah, you're just stronger than me. And that's a non-gendered response. And I think that is what we ultimately aim for, is that everybody just sees you as another athlete and gender does not play a role in how they view you. Yeah. I'm always, you know, sorry, this is a little off topic, not on our run list, but I like, I'm always grateful that I grew up in this environment in Canada where... Like, it wasn't necessarily assumed that the boys were going to be better than the girls at sport. Mm -hmm. Like, because realistically, like, you know, typically maybe the, maybe the fastest person in a group would be male, but maybe the second or third fastest person would be a female. And it's kind of this like interlocking. If you were going to like rank everybody in in an order, it's not going to be like all the boys, then all the girls, or all the men, then all the women. Like, it just doesn't look like that. Right. And so I really felt like, um... I really felt like I, I was in a supportive environment in terms of my athleticism, right? Um, or sometimes, like, as a kid in school, like, I'd be the fastest at something or I did the most sit-ups. <laughs> that's more like it. Um, but, like, y- you know, I never felt like, oh, wow, that's great for a girl. Mm. Um, and I know that's not been everyone's experience growing up, Um but I definitely have been shocked sometimes in other environments where there's this assumption that like because of your gender, you're going to be faster or stronger or better at a thing because it's an athletic thing. And mm. that's strictly speaking, not true because I know obviously, obviously that's not true because the women who go to the Olympic Games for a multitude of things are going to crush most of the population at that thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 a, it, that is it's definitely an interesting point. Um, I mean, I I think what's hard is that sometimes we we feel like what we're doing is enough without really challenging Mm. our assumptions right yeah yeah that's a good point to come back around to is like challenging even our own assumptions Mm -hmm. about 
uh, like how we fit as women in sport and where we belong. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That was my follow-up thought. I had a, I also wanted to, because this is our last episode of yeah. the year. Yeah. So we won't be, we'll, we will put a couple of back episodes onto the RSS feed. So for those followers can like still, can still listen to us if you want. Um, but I thought for the OGs who have been here since the days of Kelly, I would do a tale from my box. We so have, are, we've never done a tale from your box now that I'm the co-host. Are you, are you aware of the tale, like the, the tale for the meaning uh, tales from my box. Yes, but I think if we have any new listeners, they would appreciate the explanation. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like I was I'm like a childish sucker for like funny sexual double entendres. So like, I like so like CrossFit gyms are often called a box, like a CrossFit box, right? And also we use box in slang. Apparently, it's a slightly older slang because I remember at the time like Kelly who used to be my co-host, had not really heard of this term, but we really? sometimes... Yes. So you have? Yeah. You've heard like vaginas referred to as boxes? Right. I've heard okay. that. Okay. So that's, it's like magical to me when I can find a tale from my box that relates to both CrossFit and vaginas. That's like my... This is like the sweet spot for me in storytelling. <laughs> okay. So where where is this going? <laughs> so... So I, okay, so I, at CrossFit, I, um, oh, there was like, someone asked me for a tampon at CrossFit and I like happened to have one in my bag. And then I went to the the owner of the gym, the coach and was like, don't you have tampons in the bathroom? Like what's happening here? And he's Mm. like, no, would you like to bring some? And I'm like, yes, I would. So I brought a box of tampons and I, um, I made a TikTok about it and I put it in a specific drawer in the bathroom at CrossFit and then um, I like posted it and then he reposted it onto the CrossFit Instagram story right so then like everyone knew Um, and in addition to this like take in that like I you know I'm also like on my story posting things about our new menopause podcast and I'm like somehow I'm just I'm like becoming vagina girl at at CrossFit (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like I I met this so we were, I remember I was doing squats and I and I turned around and there was a woman I'd never seen before and she was wearing these nice like red colored like dark red colored pants and I had like I'd never met her and I said to her like um I said to her oh I really like your leggings right and she's like oh thanks they're really good when you have your period right and I was like that's an odd thing to say like to someone that you've literally right. the first word she ever spoke to me <laughs> like <laughs> And that's when I realized, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm period vagina girl. That's your reputation. Like, yes. You're all about the box. <laughs> and then like in another t- another time, like within a couple days, you know, um, like people talk to me about their hormones now all the time huh. at CrossFit. Like if they say like, you know, for like not having a great day, someone will ask like, is it your hormones or whatever? So I feel like I've created this space where yeah. <laughs> Where, like, complete strangers will talk to me about their hormones. You're like, that's period. that's not my podcast. I'm all about, like, telling raccoon stories. That's right. You want to talk exactly. to Selena here. Exactly. You want hit play, not pause. You don't want me. Like, whatever. Um, but anyway, so I was like, I thought, oh, to wrap up the year, I might as well tell a nice um, vagina CrossFit story. So Amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> 
it kind of it kind of just ties everything together because you know the major the major change for the podcast this year was that you went from Kelly to me. So. I know, I know. So there you go. It just like I had to tie a bow around that for like nice. come full circle. Nice, mm-hmm. well done. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, we oh. wanted to do a year in review. Um, this is hard. It's hard to pick things out from the year that are. Yeah. Like, so I was I was just thinking, what what kind of insights have I had into this year? What have what really has st- stood out? What's kind of a takeaway? And I think personally, you know, starting at the personal level, uh, it was it was really interesting because I'm so used to having a pretty, as we all do, having a pretty high degree of control over like my short term life where, you know, I do my workouts because I have these goals, you know, like six months down the road, there's X race. And, you know, we all lost that sense of control with COVID where I don't know if my pool's going to be open. I don't know if there's a race. I don't know if I'm going to get invited to one where all of a sudden I like that really kind of ungrounded me a bit, but I, I instead started focusing on like my long-term, you know, control and being proactive about what I'm going to do after sport. And that was a, that was a huge shift for me because I don't think, we often give ourselves the opportunity to really step back and say, okay, I have no control over what's happening in my day-to-day life, really. You know, to some degree, of course I do, um, but not professionally right now. So what am I going to, what's, what do I want 10 years from now professionally? And what am I going to do to work towards it? Which as a professional athlete, you know, this is, you don't work that way. You're not thinking 10 years down the road. Yeah. So it's, that's been a big thing for me. And I think it, it definitely, there are parallels, you know, more directly just as an athlete where if you get injured, for example, you're not thinking about what you can't do. Um, well, not, not if you want to be effective getting through recovery, you're thinking yeah. about what you can do. What you can do. Yeah. And really maximizing that, um, and trying to minimize your stress about, all the things, you know, that you can't run right now because you have a stress factor or whatever the case might be. So it's, it's, this is something that's been really new for me, but I, that's my personal takeaway from the year. That's, I love that, Sarah. I think, I think we could also apply that in different situations too. Like even after COVID, like I think, you know, COVID became this like global, everybody's a little bit lost at the same time. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, we go through things and like there are times in life even even without a global pandemic that we don't necessarily have control of something that's happening immediately before us but like to focus on a middle or long term um is actually a wonderful way to get through that and just go like what are the first steps from where I am now or like what is a small thing I can do you know um which might turn out to be a really simple step and so then you um and then you just sort of turn things around in terms in terms of how you feel and how positive you yeah. feel yeah Try, trying to move towards something instead mm-hmm. of really just focusing on what's right in front of you yeah 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 oh I like that one um my personal takeaway was a slightly different direction but Mm. I I learned I actually learned a lot about the limits of my introverted and extroverted self Hmm. right so like I think if I like I'd taken tests those you know like personality tests and stuff taken them before and I'm some kind of like I'm one of those people that's like split down the middle between introvert and extrovert you know like I need both 
to get I get energy from being around people and I get energy from being alone um but I had never been tested and I feel like I was tested on both sides right so like because there was this environment where like on one hand I could end up like alone in my condo (laughs) without with barely any human contact for like a couple like days on end right so it's like how far does my introversion go before I'm like um before I actually I'm like okay I, I need need people mm. um and then on the other side like because our business grew so quickly um and we were suddenly having like lots of zoom meetings like at one stage it just like started to take off right so I'm like on daily zoom meetings and I'm also like supporting more people like as the as the quote-unquote boss like there's more like I I take it as my job to make sure like everyone's happy in their job and and that they're moving in the direction they want to go and so there's like an emotional energy with that right yeah so I also learned like my limit on that Mm -hmm. as well which is kind of like it how how extroverted or how much emotional energy do I have to give um so I I feel like I learned yeah I guess I feel like I learned quite a lot about myself and how to take care of myself in that sense um on both sides so does that make sense yeah so do you do you think you are split down the middle having had that experience yeah I do hmm. yeah because I am still like there was a time when I went kind of in the late summer, like where I went for like multiple days with very little contact. And I was like, good, you know, like I was like, oh, this is, and I felt like it was renewal time. Mm. Right. Um, But then there are other times when I feel definitely energized by like full days of like morning to evening that might include that, you know, and that might include going to CrossFit and having five meetings um, and having my daughter here, you know? um, Yeah. So, wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. So, I, I don't think I've ever been tested right. as far on the limits of those things. Hmm. Um, now, do you do you think it would have been different if all of uh, your staff staff, for lack of a better term, that just doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right your to team, me either. Like my, my team. If you were all in one place versus doing the online stuff. Like, is that yeah. more, do you think that's more draining than being in person? Yeah. Okay. Zoom calls are more draining. Yeah. For sure. Um, because you're not getting, you're not getting as much back from the mm-hmm. interaction, right? That's, it's actually kind of hard to explain why a one hour Zoom call is more draining than like a one hour in-person meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, that, there definitely is. A, but I still think I would have a limit. Like if I was doing one hour meeting after one hour meeting where I was sitting in an office and people were coming in um I definitely would have a limit there too like I couldn't go a 16 hour day like that Mm. you know wait have you had 16 hour days for the feisty yeah for sure not a lot like I'm not like I'm not like I'm not like putting in (laughs) that kind of time on a regular basis but there have been moments where I I think actually like this the first time we had 16 hour days and I've said this a few times like in Kona Mm. in Kona we have 16 hour days yes right um and that's part of it's part of too like when we when we're launching something you know there's like this this all energy all in thing um that kind of happens like I kind of thrive off of that stuff like let's work really hard it's like a training it's like a training camp Sarah <laughs> yeah. you like you know like you put into hard miles and then you like go home and lie on the sofa and eat chips like and recover you know yeah. um so there's there's something satisfying about that pressure and 
trying mm-hmm. to deliver under that pressure. Yeah. I yeah, get it. absolutely. And I think we kind of intentionally create it because there's a, you know, there's a few of us on our team that thrive in that. And there's some people on our team that do not thrive in that, which is also great. Mm. Right. For, for like balance in terms of how we, um, like I can still be up at 10 o'clock at night writing emails, you know, while someone else is like organizing, making sure that the days are organized. So there's not too many days like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay. So what's next? Oh, what about like triathlon yes. takeaways what's from the year? So my triathlon takeaway is I think the upside for me this year is that I started to, it's really easy to see other athletes as just being athletes, you know, whether that's amateurs or professionals. And I think I really gained new understanding, and partly because of this podcast, partly because the Live Feisty team is starting to really see how interesting and, you know, complex the amateur athletes are, where... Like you just take for granted that you see people at the race course and you know on an intellectual level that they're busy and they have other things going on. But man, there are some really, really high achieving people in our sport and they're totally inspiring. And I think I've kind of taken that for granted in the past. Um, So what's nice about just nobody's really racing, so just seeing that other side of people is is pretty cool right it allowed for people's others other talents to shine through a little yeah. bit in our community totally. yeah. yeah yeah i see that yeah that's a great one <laughs> you're like you're like winning the year in review <laughs> not a competition <laughs> everything's a competition no um, no i think like mine's like semi-related to yours too like that i think i saw at in one of the first episodes when we first like when things went first went into lockdown and people were panicking about not having races and we were talking about the people who are intrinsically motivated versus like extrinsically motivated is that the word extrinsically um that like external that, like Wait, externally ex- i don't think extrinsically is a word someone could yeah. send us a voicemail about that in january we'd appreciate <laughs> it um no but like that versus externally motivated that's it um that that everybody like eventually came around like that triathletes are still triathletes even without triathlon right right that like actually the answer to that question that we first asked is like yes um and even if you go and do like some people pivoted and went did an an ultra race on their own or you know yeah like and stuff like that people changed goals and and did different things and whatever um but that ultimately like this, the, the essence of what makes them someone interested in endurance sport is still there, right? Yeah. And when the races come back, everything's, everybody's going to come back. There's going to be this, like, it'll probably be slow, but it'll be a bit um, celebratory, too. I think it's going to be a, a really fun, like, once races start up, it's going to be these really fun, a lot of really fun moments of people meeting up again at races and seeing everyone again. And um, so, yeah, my take home is that triathletes are triathletes even without triathlon. No, I, I think you're right that when things start to return to normal, it's going to be turbocharged with energy. People are just going to feel so grateful to have this thing that they weren't able to do last year. Yeah. yeah and there's something really interesting. Yeah. There's something really special about that, too. And there's like a load of opportunity baked into it you know, um, because we all sort of had to find online communities or a lot of people found online communities during this time. And now like we're going back out and 
um, and maybe seeing some people that we met online at races now. And um, yeah, so there's something really special about like going through some hardship together and then going back to normal. Like things will not be the same. They'll be better. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're right. Who knows how long it'll last. It's true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll all be super grateful for it. And then in like two minutes later, we'll be like complaining about Iron Man again. <laughs> like, totally. Well, it's like, and all the usual things. It's like injury. You know, the first few months after you come back from an injury, you're just so psyched and you're like, every run is magical. And then like <laughs> a couple months later, you're like, yeah, running, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly You're like this is so hard i feel like i'm in quicksand yeah uh, <laughs> that's so true so we'll find out yeah yeah we'll see now my um, the third one is like globally you know outside of sport outside of ourselves so i think my big one is uh i think we saw the power of being a real ally with what happened in the aftermath of Black Lives Matters, where people assumed they were allies before, mm. but just kind of on a private level. Yeah. But I think a lot of us were like, okay, what am I actually doing to help be part of change? Like, right. and, and looking in the mirror and being like, you know what? Just saying I'm not, or just saying that I'm against something privately is not enough. Like, yeah. I need to be a good ally. I need to really be informed, start paying attention and not take for granted that, you know, my, what I want to see, the change I want to see in the world will just happen over time. Yeah. Um, and who knows, you know, a couple of years from now, who knows what is, hopefully we don't go back to being complacent. But I think that was something that was an eye opener for a lot of us with privilege was just be like, okay, it's not enough just to be supportive of other people. We need to help them fight. Totally, totally. And in that in that vein too, like we're always at some point going to misstep and get it wrong. And like yeah. that openness to like hearing feedback about that, you know, um, and that not all people, like not all people of color, not all women agree on what the, ne- like on what, um, I don't know what you'd say, like on what, being an ally looks like right right so you sort of have to get comfortable with like um this is my way of being an an ally I'm listening to feedback about it but I'm still moving forward um despite quite a lot of noise about what people should and shouldn't do so yeah that's a really great one yeah well I don't know I don't know (laughs) if it's great or not but it just it seems notable it seems worthy of celebration but also just it felt like a major change in in mm. this country and across the world the fact that all this reverberated in other countries yeah absolutely um so my my global one i went, I went super global like literally before <laughs> before we started recording i was thinking about like the dinosaurs roaming the earth um so like i think <laughs> that's about to make sense by the way okay <laughs> but i i also like that i managed to bring up dinosaurs again so um no, we that like how fragile we are as a species. Mm. I think is like what, like what I learned. If you really look at this on a macro level, like this, like COVID could have been something else, you know. And it, it's possible that it's something worse. And th- hence the dinosaurs thing. Like at one time the dinosaurs roamed the earth, and then they did not. Um, and that's like that's actually 
of reality, right? Of like being like we're extremely vulnerable um, as a species. So um, yeah, sorry that was that's a bit like downer. <laughs> like, no, we're all gonna die, Sarah. I think I think people who talk about climate change and are trying to absolutely that that is those are the stakes. They recognize that humans can exist in a pretty narrow window, and we are reaching that limit very quickly so it is fragile um and it's also something that you know you can't take life for granted yeah i think that's been an eye-opener yeah so i think the response to that is gratitude right yeah like for like what we have for being healthy Mm -hmm. um the fact that we're healthy and be glad we're not dinosaurs we're not dinosaurs, and we do get to roam the earth. And you and I have done a lot of earth roaming in our, in our and lives. And we don't so have little pea brains, so maybe we don't. maybe we can figure a way out of this. Except that your butt seems to have its own brain about who it's going to FaceTime, quite like a dinosaur, really. Dinosaur butt. <laughs> We went from being serious to very, very silly quickly. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Okay. Well, after our break, we're going to do the grand finale of I Rock Because. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new form smart swim goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff. Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. Okay, Sarah, what is the grand, what is the grand finale of I Rock because, because include? Ball dropping, confetti. <laughs> I forgot my confetti. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I don't know. I just thought, why not? This is this is the only s- recurring segment that has stuck. So let's uh, say why we rock this year. And you have so like, and you have to start this the year. Why for like the whole year? Yeah. Okay, I've actually planned this. <gasps> so. Oh well, you're going first then. Are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Um, I rock because I picked an awesome person to replace Kelly. Ah, uh, thanks, man. I love you know, this. 
you know? You know, on, uh, okay, so I don't know if we ever talked about this, but like, so in January, Kelly and I did, like, I think it was the end of January we did our last podcast together. And then in February, like, I was just wasn't sure if I was going to continue, yeah. right? Because it was like, you know, I'm not just going to, like, throw someone else into the podcast, whatever. Like, I need to find, like, the perfect co-host. Um, and I put a story, like, I put a story on Instagram about it and asked for suggestions. And, like, lots of people suggested you. Um, and actually someone I really trust and admired, I suggested you as well, um, called me up and was like, you, sh- you should ask Sarah. Um, and I'm just like, I was like, this, that's the best idea. Aww, um, well, so I'm grateful you. for those people. And, um, yeah, so thank you for being part of this for like 10 months now. Well, thank you for asking me. It's gone, it's gone by quickly. Um, you know, it's, I think my, I rock because can be somewhat related that, I I put myself out of my comfort zone. You know, there's some people who are like, put me on a podcast. I'm all about it. Just want to talk. I don't know. Uh, It's not something that I necessarily thought for myself, but I'm really happy I did it. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully our listeners tried some new things this year that they also like. And I also, I think I... I'm okay with understanding that it's been a process. It's been a learning process for me and, you know, learning how to do the podcast and to be better at this. Um, And I guess that kind of leads us to why our listeners rock. So thank you everybody for putting up with me. Um, For with putting up with us. Yeah. (laughs) You can include me. You can throw me in that Putting up with all the silliness and the laughter and, you know, when we start going down tangents, um, which we do quite frequently. So thank you. You guys rock. Uh, you folks rock. Shoot. I'm trying to learn. You're, See, yeah. Process. It's a process. process. It's a process. I've been, I've been on that process for like two or three years of trying to not use, try to use gender neutral language. So thank you. And thank you for, you know, being engaged. We are really looking forward to 2021. Absolutely crushing it. And getting back to somewhat normal, but every week, with some exceptions, we'll be there with you along the way. All right. Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2021. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're